Episode 30, A Light in the Dark, Part 2. Hi, this is Dragnacarta, DM for Curse of Strahd, Twice Bitten. You're listening to the Twice Bitten Podcast, a campaign where five Curse of Strahd DMs head back into the mists for a hauntingly familiar adventure. Starring Jack as Vetrion, Kaya as Lillison, Linus as Amity, Serena as Kiva, and Twy as Deer. You can catch the horror live every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Twitch at twitch.tv slash rcurseofstrahd, or watch new episodes every Monday on YouTube at youtube.com slash c slash rcurseofstrahd. You can also listen to new episodes of this podcast weekly at anchor.fm slash twice-bitten, or wherever you like to syndicate your podcasts. Now, let's get right to Ravenloft. And welcome back, everyone, to Curse of Strahd, Twice Bitten. Uh, thank you to all for sticking around, and let's jump right back in to the remnants of the Wizard of Wines winery. As you look out across the devastation and the destruction, there's a moment when you just see the lonely mist spilling across the ground of the wreckage, the deep gouges in the earth. As you look across it, you can just see the splintered ruins of what once stood there, the vines and ivy that have been thrown and thrashed and torn to the blood sap across the earth, leaving little more than a wrecked ruin in the place where the proud structure once stood. Save for the distant calling of a raven, it's quiet here. Do we think he's still here? Or should we maybe do ascending? Amity says, uh, seemingly on affected by seeing this. Lillison stops and instantly uh, begins casting a message. Uh, let's go with actually a distant message. Uh, trying to reach Adrian Martikov. Okay. So as you cast the sending, uh, doing your best to reach outward, you feel it unfortunately fail to connect with a close-by target. Though as you attempt to cast, you hear a ragged breath from uh, Irina beside you, and she says, What what on earth could possibly do this? Erthrendir's step forward and is just kneeling down, staring at the tracks. Does he know what on earth these could be too? Looking what, over what sort it, of creature? Give me a nature check. Uh, I would say your choice of nature or investigation. Gotcha. Actually, no, neither. This would be survival. Sorry. Okay, that's a tw- 24 on investigate. All right, survival it is. All right, inspecting the tracks. Four. Uh, you can use the, use the same dice roll, just change the modifier. All right, uh, 18. 18. Okay. So, looking out over the tracks, they are enormous. It's strange, too. It's not quite a proper track, and at first glance, it seems almost more like a natural trench that has been dug through the earth. But there are signs of deep, clawed feet, it seems, but with long lacerations through them, almost like with tendrils of some kind that have pulled behind. It's it's strange. They're not quite feet. They're certainly not human. And wherever they go, they dig deep into the earth, deep and deep like 
gouges and holes that run feet below the muddy surface before vanishing into the earth and then pull upward again, almost as if sucking against the sides of the mud at the size of the holes that they've dug and then planting themselves forward in this strange lurching gate. It's some sort of it's like it's some it's like it's taking some from the earth like a plant like those like those goddamn creatures we fought in there but oh lord they are the tracks how fresh are the tracks dragna uh given that your survival check they seem actually pretty recent the rain has only just begun to wash away at them they've not disintegrated in any way they seem, at most, maybe an hour or two old. He bolts upright. The y'all, these are fresh. What? The, the, fresh? the rain hasn't had time to get rid of them. It might still so you're be. You're saying we we just missed this entire place getting destroyed? How do we not hear it? There, there's a lot of trees to muffle sound. They, I don't think we would have. And, you know, it's not like it's yet. I, I presume this isn't a monster that's yelling or bellowing or anything. Yeah, but I mean, look at that building. You, you, that, that, that's going to make some noise smashing it like that. Well, I'm pretty confident in my appraisal, unfortunately. It's most, I'd say, is an hour. Well, I mean, do we look through the wreckage? Do we. I really don't uh, want to go chasing after that. I suppose we look for bodies. Well, it did say, it didn't say anything about the, you know, uh, ally being alive or dead. <laughs> well, we at least got the abbot in case he is. Yeah, fair point. Let's let's make sure that Amity, you you we we all warned them. They they should have gotten out of here. If 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 it was just recent that the whole thing got, I mean, you know, then I hope they didn't get. What's the word? The word for when you, uh, sort of, you know, complacent. Me too. I'd think that, you know, the apocalyptic vision would have kept them on their toes, but they're stubborn. Uh, sorry, um, Amity, that's the one, starts running towards the uh, wreckage and yelling for Davian or any Mardikov, really. Kiva follows along. She's not necessarily yelling, but she is keeping a keen eye to the ground for any um, body parts or anything that seems like it might be uh, stuck. Lilith yeah. hangs back and uh, takes a, a look herself at the tracks, trying to figure out what direction they're going in if, you know, plant creatures have toes. The train actually hangs a little bit back with Lilithson. Uh, not necessarily having any understanding about what happened, but just sort of watching her and then keeping an eye on the party who are going to the winery. Okay. Kiva and uh, Amity, give me perception checks. Uh, what's Erthrandir doing? I think when, if if Erthrandir catches what Lelison's trying to do, he's going to stay back and try and help her. Try, just like checking on the tracks? Yeah, make sure that wherever this thing went, it's not nearby. Okay. So the two of you together as Metreon kind of hangs back and Amity and Kiva begin making their way down toward the wreckage, kind of begin following the tracks and doing your best to decipher where they come from and where they go. 
the size of them make it fairly easy to distinguish the place where places where they move outside the radius of the vineyard, and it's not long before you track them southward uh, as they pass between the two sides of the copses of trees on either side of the trail here and continue southward down the road and vanishing into the trees in the distance. You don't think this thing's going towards any of the other settlements, do you? I don't remember exactly what was on Esmeralda's map, but I don't think there was any other settlement south of here, was there? Right. Yeah, no, it's just forest and mountains. But what they said that was that what? That swamp, right? Yeah, with the old ruined town, Berez. Yeah, I think I think that was a measure east of here. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, Amity said said it was just this, right? She didn't say that whatever this was was attacking any any, uh, any other place. True, but her visions are usually single scene. It's not like they they give her a continuous narrative. But regardless, I don't think we. I suppose we can't worry about that. Well, the it. corner of Lillison's mouth briefly twists at the word narrative. What's... you don't believe it? No, I do. It's simply the irony of the situation. <laughs> that if, the storytellers get in prophetic dreams? That don't tell us the entire story, no. It does fit with everything else that's happened to us here, let's be fair. You know, healing magic that hurts people, spells to disguise that, you know, make the disguise very revolting to have to take on and off. It's somebody's sense of irony. What is south of here? Uh, tell you what, after we check with the Mardikovs, if they're around, we can unfurl Ez's map and find out. Yeah, no, now Erythrindir is going to now go with Kiva and Amity. Okay, uh, Kiva and Amity, as you make your way down toward the vineyard uh, and the ruined structure, um, what did you get for perception? Three. Uh, Seventeen. All right, Amity's rolling like a champ tonight. Uh, Amity, you make your way down toward the vineyard a bit ahead of Kiva, kind of piecing your way through the wreckage and ruins. As you do, you see no evidence of the Mardikovs, none responding to your calls. Um, but as you do, you see bits and pieces strewn, a, a uh, bed sheet here, a blanket there, a cabinet strewn with glass shards. You see what seems to be a small, uh, the shreds of what might have once been a small doll on one side, a, a small tunic that has been torn and muddied lying in the rain small pieces of a life that have been torn and discarded, left to mix with the debris and refuse. There's no sign of any life, however, though. Kiva, as you approach the structure, your gaze drifts to the copse of trees, the small grove just north of the vineyard where the first time you met the Mardikovs. And as you squint there, just amidst the mist and the underbrush, you see a shape. A hunched silhouette, just at the edge of the trees, 
facing directly toward the ruined structure, not toward you, not seeming to notice you or regard you in any way, but a dark cloaked figure wearing a cowl over its features, just staring toward the structure. Kiva um, just sorts of like calls to Amity to get her attention, but trying to only get her attention and not the attention of the person watching. Um, and then we'll uh, take a few steps closer to them to try to see if she can get some more identifying uh, features. It's not long before you step close enough to see something more identifiable. In the gray light, your eyes kind of fixate forward. Um, and given your perception check, for a moment the air is clear, the mist is parting, and a bit of the gray light hits the face just enough to reveal a familiar appearance, a visage of straggly white hair, the gray light on the green cloak. You see a glint of silver from a medallion, a metallic item hanging from the greenery of the vestments, the figure leaning on a cave with intricate a cane with intricate carvings. And you recognize, even at a distance, the distinctive hunched silhouette of Davian Mardikov. Still not uh. recognizing you or looking toward you, but just staring toward the wreckage of the winery. Fuck, of course I gotta be the one to fucking find him. She's going to... Um... Like, again, sort of look to Amity, um... And, and say that it's Davian. Um, and then sort of ask, like, should I go? Should you go? Should we go together? Sort of, like... <laughs> oh, thank hell. All right. Let, let's go. He, okay. He's bound to be, you know, thankful for me. I mean, hopefully. Look, and if he tries anything... um. It'll be fine. So, you know, just um, maybe don't get too close in case he feels like swinging or something. I'm not worried about that, but thanks. Yeah, so keep will follow uh, Amity and let her take the lead because she's much more pleasant to deal with than Giva is. Thank you. Um, and yeah, Amity will take the lead and uh, as she approaches Davian, she will ask, Oh, I'm... I'm so sorry about what happened. Please tell me that everyone is okay. So as Ebony approaches Davian and says this, uh, Erthrandir, Lolison, and Metreon, uh, you see Amity and Kiva making their way up toward the copse of trees toward a green-cloaked figure. Uh, yeah, Metreon, seeing this, uh, will start to head over there. Likewise. Lillison will hang back just a little bit longer, but, uh, you know... Actually, where's um, Irina, Ismark, and Ez during all this? Uh, Ismark and Irina kind of exchange a glance and seeing Kiva and Metreon beginning to head over, start making their way down. Esmeralda lightly snaps the reins and the horses begin making their way down the path through the wreckage. Yeah, Lillison is going to uh, sort of stick closer to that particular group. I don't want uh, any of our NPCs getting snatched away while the camera is elsewhere. Okay. Emity, as you make your way forward, uh, you see Davian just kind of standing 
just off to the side of a uh, gnarled uh, oak tree. Uh, its boughs kind of over him like a skeletal frame as he just stares down into the wreckage. You can see from uh, this vantage point as he leans on the vine-carved uh, cane he, he uh, bears, the uh, raven feathers uh, behind his cloak just kind of riffling faintly in the wind as the drizzle pelts down upon his shoulders. There's a kind of withdrawn, very sallow, very pale, haunted look on his face as he doesn't visibly respond to your words for a moment and then as you approach just closes his eyes and says what do you want girl I, I mean as I said I'm, I'm I'm so sorry all this happened and well the first thing I want is for you to just tell me that everyone's okay I mean please he slowly opens his eyes to meet yours, and then you hear a voice from the underbrush. Father, is everything all right up there? Um, and you see, uh, kind of peering through the boughs of one of the trees, uh, Dag, uh, kind of peering through, you see um, Adrian beside him. The two of them kind of recoil for a second, going to uh, short swords at their side to the sight of others beside Davian, but uh, immediately calm and recognizing your faces. Adrian steps forward. Well, uh, are you quite all right? You, you didn't encounter it. Are, are you unharmed? We're unharmed. We didn't see anything. Well, s small blessings, I suppose. He looks shaken, pale. You can see that he's trembling very faintly. Davian closes his eyes again. Everyone's alive. Right? Is all you wanted? <sighs> that's that's really good to hear. Um, there's actually something else that we want. Oh, I imagine that. Um, well, as you can see, we got a whole lot left to give. Less. He just fixes his gaze upon you, just eyes dark and heavy and just born and riveted with pain and this kind of impotent anger. And you get this and you can see his fingers just very faintly trembling on his cane and you get this very slight hint of try me. Why don't you? I know, but the world has much to give. And I'm not the only fortune teller here. We were told, no, we, a prophecy was beholden unto us. A prophecy? What the fuck you on about a fucking prophecy? My home is gone! Hey, hey, take it easy there. She's just, she's trying, trying to let you know something, all right? Just, I don't, for you, you got no right to speak to me. Kind of like, takes a big step toward you, his eyes flashing. What, you gonna put another little spell on me, laddie? Hmm? Hey, uh, listen. Uh, he puts, uh, Metreon puts his hands up uh, defensively. Hey, listen, I'm, I'll come in peace, all right? We all come in peace, but 
Things you come a piece to loot for the fucking wreckage, have you? Listen, I know that you. I know that this is hard, and I'm. I'm not going to begrudge you will any any of that. But just just hear the. You're girl not going to begrudge me. Just hear the girl out. That's all I'm saying. If anyone you had bothered to try to do something instead of fucking robbing my family blind, we wouldn't be here now, would we? I beg your fucking pardon. Druins ain't got no fucking truck with gemstones, boy. I know one of you was fucking in my room. They ain't got no... If they would have taken some, they would have broken it. One of you took my savings. And I might not know whom. But I know scavengers when I see them. Metreon licks his, uh, his gold tooth bit and starts to very sheepishly walk back, giving the floor back to Amity and the others. We'll deal with him. But you know that I foretold this disaster. And there's another person here who has foretold that you needn't have long to despair because we were told that the oldest leader of the Feathered Ones, of the Keepers of the Feather, could help us destroy Strahd the Vampire for good. Davian takes a long moment to mull over that. And then you hear just kind of this rumbling, and then you realize that he's chuckling darkly. And what kind of fucking Feathered Ones and what kind of flapping maws been spouting off to you? Come in here, we'll talk of prophecies. Oh, great. So that moron's as loose-lipped as he is tight-eyed. Good to fucking know. Look, he's helped us, and we've been able to help him. You've helped him, that's good to know. Fellow good did me or my family. Look it out there. The thing that done did this. I fucking saw it. Tall as a tree it was. Built of wood and hate. And you know I saw at the center of it. The same fucking green of my family's fucking gems. That if any of you had spared a sorry moment to help. And he kind of breaks off for a moment, choking a sob. I don't know what the fuck they did with it. But whatever monster they made. And now you're coming here talking to me about prophecies. Two prophecies have already come true. If this third one is true, then this, then everything. Right, because you're looking to do exactly with it. Mm -hmm. Hey, if she didn't warn you, you'd be splat on the ground, all right? So just listen to us. Well, I don't know. None of us know how you fit into this, but you do. He flinches back visibly at the sound, uh, at your reminder of Amity's warning. Uh, what's that, Lillison? Lillison walks up, um, you know, having observed and heard this from something of a distance, um, and would like to see, you know, how many of the other family members are around in this copse of trees. 
by this point, Davian's eruption has kind of summoned others. You see um, uh, Elvir Mardikov striding forward, uh, having now joined you, and you are rustling through the trees, and you see um, two uh, young boys poking their faces through and just watching you quietly um, before you see a uh, taller boy, a young man of teenage years, um, kind of pull them and yank them back as they kind of struggle, but without putting up much effort. You can see that, all, that both all of the children seem to have just like these dark, blotchy faces. Uh, clearly, they've been just not emotionally well. They all look pretty raw. Lillison lets her gaze sweep over the rest of the family. Then it returns to Davian. And she says, We're so sorry. We seem to have lost all our social graces. What can we do to help you right now? Davian just sighs a long, deep breath, shaking his head. I don't fucking know. Everything we had, that thing took from us. At this point, there's nothing left, just... Find some place to get the little ones. Somewhere can we dark. get you back? Can we get you back to to Valakai, or maybe we take them to the? And she sort of looks at um, everyone and, and doesn't want to say a tower unless they don't agree to it. But you know, maybe at least they can t- be safe there. Erythendir shakes his head silently. No, no place for kids. It's so cross, so we get up. Escort them to to Kraskiar or, or Valakai. I... You watch as Adrian steps forward and puts a hand on his father's shoulder. Father, we can. You know that we have a home in Valaki, the Blue Water Inn. I'm I'm sure that we can find a place there. I know that we'll be welcome there, whatever you might think. And Davian just kind of like draws up his shoulders as though he wants to protest and then just shockingly for him just visibly deflates just shakes his head all right all right all right we'll go to the inn lucky i'll have to be adrian looks very visibly taken aback but kind of just nods setting his jaw as if you know not looking to question his father's acquiescence we stole your gems and gold. We were lost. And we didn't know anyone or trust anyone, and we took them. I'm sorry. Metreon shoots her just this incredulous <laughs> look. And specifically, this was referring to the the gemstones, the precious gems, not like the the enchanted seeds, just like the gold treasures that you found. Wine gems or whatever that. No, like the ones you found that Metreon took from the lockbox, right? Woof! Just giving up the game right away, boys. They know. Davian looks at you. uh, He's silent for a moment. If Kiva has something to say, she can do so. I know you don't trust us, and we've given you 
very little reason to. But your family has saved our lives more time than we can count. We are forever in the debt of your son, of your entire extended family, of any associates you might have. And she just sort of like looks up at the sky. We have wronged you. I, I know that. I have wronged you and I'm swallowing my pride to say that we need you. But more importantly than that, you can trust us and use us to get your family to safety. And whatever comes in the future, we will try to do that as well. Davian just sighs and rubs his eyes. And in that moment, you've never seen him look quite so much as a tired old man. You see his hand is kind of trembling. Uh, and you see in his, in the palm of his hand, he's just very faintly tracing with the edge of his thumb um, a small metal locket. He closes his eyes and takes in a breath. Right. If you want to walk with us to Velaki, then. I can't fucking make you stop. He shakes his head. If nothing else, it'll be a distraction for the little ones. And Do you want to go to uh, Madame Ava? She's a fortune teller. She gave us fortunes about how we can defeat the vampire. Maybe she has one for you too. He gives you a long look and then gives a small spurt of just dark laughter. Less. Oh yes, this one. And he kind of just gives Kiva a nod of his head. Just days ago. If she would lift a finger to do something against the devil's creatures in the valley. I go, I'll say this for you, at least. And he nods toward you, Amity. You've done me no harm, but at least not beyond what you've confessed to. And that, if nothing else, is a fucking surprise. But why on earth should I believe that ye actually have any plans whatsoever? No. That you would raise a finger against that man in this bloody fucking castle. Because we're not we're wondering with we were. We're wandering with a vampire hunter, and she's informed us that the way things are going, if we don't kill him, then he'll kill us in a time span of maybe weeks. So I don't really have much choice. And I guess you're not in included in this little deal. So I guess if, if you want to sit back and keep living your life, I, I, I can't stop that. Kiva's hand is, like, twitching under her cloak. She's not gonna pull it out unless people give her the hint that it's okay, but she wants to, like, she feels pretty bad for this old man, and she wants to give him some sort of hope or comfort or something to believe in. Um, fuck. This is hard. She's not gonna do anything until someone nudges her in the fucking arm to do it. Davian just... 
shakes his head again, just looking quiet and broken, but looking like he's struggling with himself for a moment, and then his shoulders slump, and he just says, Look. My home, my family. I guess that ain't no big surprise if the lot of you are just looking to save your own skins up it. I guess I shouldn't have expected much else less. But for me, for now at least, I got a family that I gotta take to safety. So if you want to escort us to Velaki, then fine. And beyond that, look, I don't know what this talk about prophecies. The name that you said, I heard it before, but right now, I got my family to care for. So just, if I could get him to safety, get him to Velaki. And then, he just sighs, and he looks just like he's, again, struggling with himself. Clark. I don't know if you kids are able to do what you're thinking you're doing, but... I just need time, all right? You don't have to think about it right now. We will go with you and your family. We won't speak to you unless you wish to, and we'll just let you... We'll let you have the privacy you need. We won't press you on this. He nods, looking momentarily actually a bit grateful. And then he says quietly, So, the artist told you about the keepers, eh? We'd, we'd put together that something was amiss after the fifth or sixth time things went strangely. Right. And this fortune teller, you said her name was what? Ma Maeva. That's the one. He takes a long, deep breath and then extrudes a long sigh, his breath misting in the chill air. He takes a long, mournful look at the wreckage of the winery, leaning very visibly on his cane as his hands tremble slightly. That he looks toward you, Arthur Deard, straight in the eyes, meeting your gaze without a flinch. Two days. That's what I'll need. Just two days to get. And then if you want to talk, then come find me. Done. Take your time. More what you've lost. You deserve more than that, but for this time frame. Take your two. He nods and then kind of pulls his shoulders back up. Right, well, I reckon that we best get moving if we want to get to Volaki. Y'all got everything you want from the wreckage? It might not be here when you come back. By this point, he's kind of broken off a glance with the winery and just turned away, facing his back to it. We got all that we're ever going to take. Whatever's left there, 
It ain't in no fit condition to fit rock anywhere else. What we've got is what we'll carry. Then let's get you and the little one somewhere warm. Get him out of this rain at any rate. We'll probably meet, need more than two days before we need your help anyway. Davian holds up a hand. Please. Two days. Yeah, I think she was saying that we weren't we weren't gonna bother you for then anyway. Right. Thank you. Well it'll take us a few minutes to gather our things and get what we can. It's not much to carry though, so Is anyone injured quiet sob. We have a wagon. No, we should be alright, but maybe maybe the children can can ride in the wagon. I I can supervise them, or or maybe we shouldn't put them in there. Panther Deer shoots her like a panicked look, and just like she's so she's like fuck. I shouldn't have said that. It'll be fine as long as they ain't playing with matches. It's just go. Panther Deer's just doing the throat cutting motion at both of them. All right, yeah, we'll 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 be over there. We'll just come over to us when you're ready. Davian is looking very confused and slightly wary, but just kind of very slowly nods. Right, okay. And then he just shakes his head and turns back to the others and begins speaking softly with Adrian. You see Stefania uh, come out of the bushes and begin speaking with him as well. You watch as you turn around at Stefania, just kind of spares you a soft, grateful look and a nod. And then turns back to her father. And this is the episode where we find out that one of the Mardikov children is an artificer. Yay! Or wild artificer. Just sets off the entire wagon. There you go. I mean, honestly, they don't even need to be one. They just need to unhook one of them and drop it. As we got a child proof the wagon, let's go. Yeah, Kiva Kiva would go back and just be like, so we have company and (laughs) we're going to be taking them back to Valkai. Can you stay at the far front of the caravan? Far front. Yes, that shouldn't be a problem. I'll I'll make sure everything is secured. Uh, I'll keep the door closed. Um, We should be all right. Thank you. Yeah, when he wants to pull Metreon aside and just say... I, he, he already knew we took the gems and the gold from upstairs. It, it's up to you whether you want, I don't know how much you still have, but if you want to give some of it back. No, no love. There was compensation. Let's get on with it. And Metreon walks closer to the party. Yeah. Okay. Together, the group of you gathers around the wagon, waiting for a few minutes. Uh, you see a bustle of light activity and conversation from the cops of trees, and not 
three or four minutes pass before Davian emerges, leading the other members of his family. Adrian, Elvir, uh, Stefania, you recognize Dag, and you see the um, two young boys, the teenager along with them, and the uh, young infant cradled in Dag's arms as they make their way forward. Uh, the two young boys kind of glance upward at their mother for Askins, and she glances toward Esmeralda. If you wouldn't mind, um, it's a bit of a long journey, and I think uh, riding with the horses might do him some good. Esmeralda just kind of nods and, and slides over, patting the seat beside her. It's not a problem. Um, by all means, if they would like to uh, have a seat, um, I'll make sure it's a gentle ride. She offers a smile and waves for the... Um, to clamber on. They do so after a moment, just kind of, you know, sitting quietly, keeping to themselves. Stevani glances. Kiva sort of hangs over with the kids and as, um, sort of like reflexively and just trying to like be comforting to them. They mostly just kind of, you know, stared at the horses, staring, um, into the trees, uh, one of them glances toward you with a bit of curiosity and then glances away, uh, his eyes looking down a bit shyly. Um, Stefania looks around. Right then, are we all ready to go? Rod is running. Yeah. Let's get back before dark. Aye, let's do it. And Esmeralda nods and snaps the reins and the horses begin moving as your motley crew falls in alongside you and begins making their way down or northward up the trail away from the winery and toward the main path back to Velaki. As you pass, you mostly do so in silence, the faint rain and mist pooling along the edges of the trail amidst the boughs of the trees that weep softly with droplets of moisture falling onto the path below. As you do, um, Kiva, uh, Stefania steps in uh, beside you. Um, if any, anyone else there might be traveling nearby Kiva. It just kind of clears her throat. Right, well, um, I must apologize for my pa, but thank you for uh, what you're doing and what uh, your friend did. Don't apologize at all. We... We should have. We should have maybe come back to make sure that you'd be okay. But I'm. I'm just glad that you all survived. We all are, and and that you have a place to go. That's the important thing. She nods. I. I know. It's. And we appreciate um, you looking out. Um, I know that. Um, well. Us older folk, we wouldn't have a problem, but I worry about the wee ones. Um, she nods over to the kids on the um, wagon. Martin and Vigo can be a bit rambunctious sometimes. Um, it helps if there's uh, other folk around to keep them distracted. Well, I have found that uh, I am an excellent distraction, and we also have um, two incredible storytellers with us. Um, if they're feeling up to it, they might even you know, tell them a story or something, and uh, I know there are boys at the at the inn as well, um, Brom and Bray, I think. Uh, so I'm sure they'll enjoy having the company. 
she offers you a tight smile and a nod. Aye, it'll be good for uh, the boys to meet their cousins. It's um, been a long time since they've seen one another. Actually, I think of it, I don't think uh, they met in person. This'll be a fun family reunion. Can I, um, and feel free to tell me to fuck off, but, um, can I ask why you weren't together? I mean, families living so close to each other, it seems hard that they hadn't met before. She sighs. Well, truth be told, I used to make a delivery sometime. Uh, early times I knew him, Dad could help. But then, Claudio came along. This was a ways before um, Erwin uh, and Danica were betrothed, and well, uh, that's their own story. I won't, I won't get into it too much. But Claudio, um, we did what we could to stay home with him. Uh, obviously, he knew his uncle and his uh, soon-to-be aunt at the time. But well. She sighs. Things change, you know. One uh, lad becomes three, and then um, you got a whole host of little folk that you got to keep an eye on. Um, from there, Adrian and Elvira took over much of the transport, and well, there weren't many opportunities to get out. You know, the roads—they're not um, quite so easy to travel on. I'm sure that you know you lot seem to have. Um, done your share, but uh, for the kids, the wee ones, we try our best to, you know, keep them safe at home, make sure that there's a, you know, no wolves about, nothing like that. And, well, after uh, my father's uh, spat with uh, Erwin, he just didn't come home again. I understand he had the business going, um, he had his own little ones that came along too, but well, my father, as you found out, he can be awfully prideful. This could be the first step to fixing things. Or a horrible mistake, but I guess you won't know until you get there, right? She sighs. I hope so, though I don't know. I might be just someone who looks for silver linings and thunderclouds sometimes. What we've got here, I don't, I don't know... If it's anything to be grateful for, but if we can make something of it, I don't know that it's worth uh, troubling ourselves over over much. I just worry about the lads. Yolanda, she's too young to know what she's missing, but Rodio, he's. I fear that uh, he might take it hard. Children are resilient. More resilient than sometimes we think. And um, with you as a parent, they'll be safe and strong. And um, they'll be fine. A, a good family um, helps. When, you, when you're going through hard times, it helps to have... Um, and you can tell she's sort of getting, like, flustered. Uh, it's just nice to have people that, uh, that love you, you know. She nods. Um, of course. My father, he's, um... 
I know, I know he can be some trouble sometimes, but, you know, he would never risk letting any of his grandkids get hurt, or any of his, well, he cares about his family, he cares about Brovia. I just, I don't know what you're looking for with his help, but he, he does care. I know he does. It's just, he's been hurt a lot of times. And ever since Mum died, he's not been quite the same. So, I just, I don't know what you're looking for with him, or if what you're looking for is possible, but if you're looking to talk with him, just be gentle, do what you can to be kind. I know that he can be tough, but if you can get him to trust you, there's not a more stalwart, stubborn friend anywhere in Barovia. Thank you for... for trusting us. Like I said, I know, I know we haven't shown much, but... It's changed, I think, from just us wanting to do whatever we can to survive. There's something else in us, too. We've seen recently that it's possible for good things. I think as that feeling grows, it'll make us stronger, I hope. So, maybe your father can help with that, and maybe we can help him, too. She gives you a sad smile and a thoughtful nod of her head and just steps a little closer to the wagon keeping an eye on the boys it just looks thoughtful yeah Kiva's gonna step back a little bit and let her be with her kids and just kind of sort of fall and step with uh, Ismark and Irina and Vibe back there okay is there anything that any of you would like to do uh, during the journey yes actually um about an hour in, Lillison is going to, uh, like, slow down her steps a little. Um, she's been looking more and more thoughtful as they go, and eventually she catches Kiva's eye, and she says, Can we speak for a moment? Uh, I can't promise that I won't make you mad again, but sure. I can. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, he will go over, sort of like smiling hesitantly. Uh, not sure if she's not joking. <laughs> Lilson looks serious, unless, you know, you want to do a insight check. Um, insight but... checks are fruitless on Lilson because she's always the master of deception. <laughs> I mean... Um... I mean, if this is you inviting me to do an insight check, I will request to do an insight check. It's up to you. Fuck it. Let's 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 do it live. Wow, seventeen. Huh. Wow. Okay. Um... This is the best I'm gonna roll the entire campaign. By the way, after this, it's all downhill. Your dice have, have loved you today. Um, you get the sense that there is some 
like unease under uh, Lillison's attempt to be perfectly composed. Uh, unease, anxiety, and like you know, uh, the the sort of unsurety that you get from like a kid who's been unexpectedly called on and like thinks they're giving the right answer. Kiva sort of um, loses some of the the joking uh, that she was trying to do to lighten the mood um, and just falls into step with her um, and much more seriously just says whatever you want to talk about uh, yeah I hope that's still how you'll feel after I actually um, ask my first question uh Okay, then I say ask. Let's get it over with then. What is... What... Perhaps this is insensitive, but what is going on with you and Esmeralda and Metreon? Wait, wait a minute. I mean, we were just like practically screaming at each other and and that's the first question you have to ask me Lillison's posture stiffens up a little bit and she says I apologize for losing my temper and composure two days ago it was most unbecoming of me oh fuck off look I was just as much of an ass if anything more of an ass because I I should have put it together about your story, and I shouldn't have been so insensitive, so I'm sorry to you. And who gives a fuck about what's becoming? I like you just the way you are. Actually prefer you opening up and yelling a little bit. Lillison's brow furrows a little bit. As for what is um, going on, I can't say what you mean. Um, I, I, there's nothing going on on my side, at least, that I can tell. Um, Metreon's always been a little bit of a flirt, hasn't he? Uh, I do think he's actually seems rather besotted with us, but, I mean, who wouldn't? She's stunning. I can't say that she feels the same way about me or him. I'm, I'm not sure, but uh, there's nothing going on. Is, is this the sort of nothing going on where you want something to be going on? Uh, in a perfect world where we're not hunting a vampire? Uh, yeah, sure. But look, I've already tried that here and it um, sort of really didn't work out, work out the way I wanted it to. Um, I got beat out by a by a pond ghost, so you know. I mean, I got a friendship out of it. And don't get me wrong; I'm very grateful. But you know, maybe um, romance isn't really in the cards for me ever. You can see, like Lillison, just taking in all of this information and trying very, very hard to piece it together in a way that makes you know some sort of coherent sense to her. I mean. I 
If, um, I'm sorry if that's not what you wanted to hear. Uh... No, it's, it's not about what I want to hear. It's, there's, there is a lot that I don't know after having, you know, not interacted with the world for a very long time. Of course. And I certainly can't ask Erthrandir or Amity about it. It seems to be a subject that is too close to them right at the moment. And I doubt I would get any sort of straight, helpful answer from Metreon. And, well, you demonstrably have experience, so... I, yeah, I, I sort of saw that one to uh, fruition once. And it seems like the sort of thing that... Well, this is not just me being curious. It seems like the sort of thing that... matters. In terms of... determining where somebody's weaknesses and blind spots might end up being. Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, uh, any sort of um, interpersonal relationship, I suppose, can be used against people. You know, um, my piece of shit ex um, used to try to manipulate my feelings about my father, all the ways he had failed me, not being able to keep me safe or provide for me. For a while it worked because I was so wounded by the fact that I didn't have a family that it was easy to be manipulated into feeling like it was the fault of something other than just fate or design. When it comes to romantic relationships, they can certainly be more exploited. I mean, we saw what happened in, in Kresk with, um, not that I'm not happy for Erthrodur and Amity, it's just like, that's one more thing that he can use. And people will do... incredible, terrifying things to protect the people that they love. Exactly. But... Uh, no offense, I mean... It, why are you asking? I, I know you haven't... Obviously, you know... Um, been around a lot of people, but you seem incredibly smart and and and. Uh, I mean, is there something specific that you want to know, or or just foundational knowledge? I suppose the numerical scale only tells one so much. It. <laughs> The numerical scale is also bullshit. It's a fun party conversation, but attraction isn't that quantifiable, you know? It, some people feel that way about almost everyone they meet. Some people can turn their attraction into a commodity to be bought or sold. Some people can find one person and that is their person for the rest of time, and some people don't have anyone and don't care to. 
the numerical scale is fun for for rating base attractiveness in in sort of uh, you know party senses, but I don't know it. It's not it's not something that you have to base an entire relationship on, you know, a friendship or otherwise. I would ask, what are they based off of? But well. I assume the answer is all sorts of things. Uh, sometimes that's the answer, but it's, I just, the simplest way I think to say is a feeling, and that feeling can be many things. It can be loneliness or happiness, uh, fear. If you don't feel it or if you don't understand it, you know, it's normal, right? Like, I don't want you to think that there's nothing wrong with questions or not understanding. Perhaps nothing inherently wrong, but I dislike not understanding things. You understand? Of course, of course. Well, um, I mean, to put it uh, back to the question that you asked, um, Metrion, although I have grown to care for him very deeply, uh, which is surprising, because he is obnoxious as the day is long, but so am I, so I suppose maybe that's why I'm able to connect to him. But, you know, he doesn't strike me as the type of person to um, be too particular about who he shows his affection to, as long as there's a transaction involved. Unless it's someone like Esmeralda who sort of transcends that, because she's genuine. She's she's a person with her own desires and wants, and she doesn't look at Metrion or at me like we're different or monsters or something to be bought or sold. And I think that's important to him. Humanity for a tiefling. Erthrandir and Amity found each other because in their own way, and I don't think they realized it, they were writing each other into their own stories. And their love may not last long, but it'll be very entertaining. Very entertaining for them or for us? For everyone. I love a good laugh, but the important thing is that they might not make it out of Barovia, but they're happy here. And they care very deeply for each other. And in a place like this that takes and takes and takes, it's nice to see that people can still give to each other. even if it's uh, awkward kiss or longing glances. It's kind of nice. But it is something that must be given and not taken or owed. Kiva sort of um, like falters for a moment. For some people, it's taken, 
For people like Garrick, it was taken. For people like Strahd, it's taken. But in my experience, men like that are few and far between. They just get all the attention because they're so horrible. But most people, most people don't take like that. Or if they do, it's wholly unintentional. Sometimes feelings like that can make us do stupid things. I have tons of experience with doing the stupid things. You don't have to enumerate if you don't want to, but I am listening. Well, I mean, like... Like telling a girl that you're in love with her, like, four days after meeting her. Or, like, deciding to run away into a forest house with some guy who's convinced you to hate your entire family. Sometimes the feeling of love is so nice that it... It makes you blind to reality. So you have to be careful, I think. Um, guarded, but but not cut off entirely. Unless you choose to be, which is also fine. But if there is vulnerability to exploit, I think there are always going to be people willing to exploit that. The corner of, of Lillison's mouth twists once again. And she just says, yes. So, obviously, um, and I don't mean any offense by this, but you haven't had much uh, experience with this. If, I know the, n- the number scale doesn't really make sense to you, but... I mean, have you felt anything like that? It's natural for, for people in our um, age range, I suppose, is wrong because we're all sort of different age ranges, but, you know, um, people traveling together in, in tough situations, it sort of makes sense for there to be, like, feelings and stuff. You know, have, have, you, have you felt any of that? Not as far as I can tell. I certainly wish everybody well. I would do much within my power to protect any and all of you. But this sort of numinous feeling that... I mean, I have also read of it. I have seen it described as the desire to make somebody yours, and that seems rather, I don't want to say abhorrent, but it seems alien to me. There is something awfully um, primal about it. When you put it like that, making someone yours, it does sound um, (laughs) like a conquest, but... And sometimes it is. Don't, don't get me wrong, but sometimes it's nice. But 
the most important thing is how you feel. And so if you're not interested in it, that's fine and normal and... It's just, it's another way of life that's no better or worse than the way that Metreon does it or the way that I bumble through it or the way that Amity and Earthrendir have figured it out. Sometimes caring enough about a person to risk your life to save them is the most powerful bond you'll have. Sometimes it's absolute unbridled hatred. That's still a bond, it's still a relationship. Not everything has to be sexual as much as um, Matryon and and I confess I would sometimes like it to be. Lilithan glances up and catches Kiva's gaze with a very serious expression and she says, Saying no is a meaningful statement. It absolutely is, Lilithan. Just... And she, she like pauses for a second and it's like in the movie version of, of Twice Bitten, I think this would be like talking to her daughter. You have to keep saying no sometimes until people listen to you. It's a very powerful word, and people are going to try to take away its power from you sometimes, and you shouldn't let them, no matter how badly they want it. You just got to keep standing for what you are and tapping into that power. Lillison listens with, you know, her gaze drifting thoughtfully downwards for a moment, then she straightens and her eyes flick back to Kiva's very seriously and she says I don't think he understands either I heard what he said to you What, uh, in Kresk? Yes. How could you possibly think you could be worthy? He doesn't understand. It's not about your worthiness. It's about honoring her. No, thank you. And I know you know it is about honoring her choice, but that means at the same time it is not about your worthiness at all. (laughs) You're right. She (sighs) 
I just don't want him to be right about me. And at the same time, I... Because I've known that, and I've known him, and... He... He at least sees something of what Garrick saw and the part of me that I hate would like that to continue because at least I know that someone is interested in what I am. Why does that matter? Because, because I'm not interested in what I am, and if I'm not, then no one is, and, and I don't know what, what I'm still doing here then, what, what the point of any of it is. Not in a, in a, uh, look, I'm not going to do anything like in that house, but uh, I want to be wanted so badly sometimes. By someone kind. I believe. And there is like a the beginnings of a mischievous smile um, growing on Lillison's lips. I believe you have recently acquired a sword that values you and that wants to share a purpose with you. And perhaps it's... I'm certain it's not actually the same thing, but... It's not... I can tell you for certain it's not the only way to measure yourself in the mirrors of other people's eyes. Yes, at the very least, I have a sentient sword that thinks I'm superb as long as I want to continue to kill Strahd. And, um... I... I guess that has to be enough. <laughs> enough to go on for now, perhaps? I, As I said, I don't actually know how all of this works. It's... And I can't... For someone who doesn't know how it works, you are incredible at giving advice and at least allowing me to talk your ear off. <laughs> Which is probably not what you asked for, but... Um... I believe, in fact, it was what I asked for. If you ever have any more questions or just want to talk again, I, I think you're great. 
like I said, and I'm very happy that of all the people that I could have gotten stuck with, I've gotten stuck here with a good group of folks. No matter how complicated and weird we all are. I am learning a great deal from you and from everybody. Kiva smiles and uh, again, like part of me is like the determined version is like Kiva just fucking runs up to Esmeralda and just fucking kisses her. Oh, that's not gonna happen. Um, <laughs> she's like, fuck it, I'm gonna go for it. No, um, she's, she, she, she smiles and, and she just sort of stays with you and just like walks with you sort of silently. That sword comment is going to stay with me forever. Uh, in the best way. After a while of walking, Lilithin just adds, I... I think you've deserved better this entire time. I think you are one of the only people who think that, but I'm I very... guarantee you I am not. Well, I'll have to take your word for it. After a while, um, so, Lillison uh, will fall Lillison? back. Yeah, after a while, Lillison okay. will fall back a little bit, just in a sort of like, you know, this is chill kind of way. But as soon as she's not like walking in line with Kiva anymore, uh, her expression changes to something more closely resembling, uh, you know, somebody who's who's trying to put the final pieces of a puzzle together. I love her. I'm obsessed with her. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. So by this point, uh, you find yourselves passing through the Raven River crossroads, passing the entrance to the mountain trail, the uh, northern trail that leads to Lake Baratok. You continue eastward down the old Svalich Road between the boughs of the trees as afternoon advances, noon becoming early afternoon. You continue onward as the road bends through the tree line, soon approaching the Lunar River crossroads. Uh, a quiet journey, thankfully and miraculously enough, as you find the Lunar River Bridge soon approaching into view. And it's not long, uh, not more than two hours, two and a quarter perhaps, before the Palisade Gates of Velaki become begin coming into view. Uh, as they start to come into view, uh, Metreon, who has been uh, keeping a distance at the back of the party, uh, goes ahead and uh, kind of sheds his skin, and he's going to go ahead and just go into uh, hmm. what she look like. Um, 
he'll go into uh, uh, another humanoid disguise, maybe someone he's seen on the street in Valaki, uh, Valaki. Uh, like light blonde hair, uh, freckled, pale skin, uh, a younger woman. Okay. So while that's happening, um, Davian kind of shuffles a bit uncomfortably and gives uh, the group of you a bit of a side glance. Uh, by this point, you're perhaps um, no more than a hundred yards out from the gates. Right. And he kind of clears his throat. So, um, I suppose we'll make our way uh, to the inn from here. Yeah, we'll... That's where we're staying as well, so we might be with you a little longer. But we'll leave you your space. The, uh, friends. Alright, um... He sighs. I suppose they might have room. I think they do. It's been a strange few days here. Speaking of which, a warning. There's been some recent political dissent around here. Try... Try to keep well away from any representatives of the new government. They're not nice folks. Be careful. Be quiet. He looks up at you and uh, ponders for a moment and then nods. Right. More suspicious folk. We're going to keep it to ourselves and looking out. Shouldn't be a problem. All right. All right, let's get in those gates. And he begins passing his way forward. Yep. Erythrodeer kind of, who's been this entire trip kind of, as many of us have been, I'm sure, looking very pensive, just kind of alternating between searching the foliage frantically for spies and thinking to himself, he's going to gather the scattered members of the group together. All right, so while they have their time, their two days, do we want to just stay here for the night? Since is that I, I presume we can't really get anywhere beside, you know, before nightfall actually hit us. Did Casimir want to speak with you further? Earthendeer gulps. He did, but, uh, frankly, I'd like to put that off a little further. I'm not yet ready to take custody of Victor again. That's certainly fair. I've, uh, and he kind of, like, casts a glance at Davian, making sure he's, well, got a bit of distance. I've been thinking. This guy... I mean, hopefully he'll see the light and work with us when he needs to. He seemed, thanks to everybody, 
what y'all said back there. He seems a lot more inclined, but one thing we might could do if we could track down one of those gems the 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 lifeblood the ones that make the vine grow then well as we've seen it's hard to fight without a little bit of hope maybe maybe what they need maybe what he needs is faith that even if the vampire's gone his family still has a life Do you think it would give hope, or do you think it would be salt in the wound? I think it'd be hope. They've run this for generations. Like, something that's been in your family that long coming back to you after you'd lost hope that... that it, it's their livelihood, their life. They're it, everywhere. The motifs, the wizard of wines, the, it's... They care. And knowing that they might have a life again, that everything isn't gone just because their home is gone, that shit matters. A whole lot, I think. We know where, uh, uh, well, at least one of them is. Right. And we really think we've got the manpower to uh, take out whatever it was that took out the winery. I do. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, look at us. Amity's contacting the dead. Kiva can heal and just found a wonderful new thing. Metreon, you can you've tapped into your own magic and you weren't and you were a quite a competent rogue at that, and Lillison, between your strategy and your poison, you're one of the more fearsome people I've met, and I'm I'm not bad either. We're not we don't have we we don't have to run from this thing. Maybe we can ask one of them what it was. I mean in a in a very well phrased way. Yeah. I, I yeah, I remember uh I need to think back on the stories they told us, but we can follow that thing's tracks. We can we can do this. Do you think that uh we give it a night? Do you think it'll still be traceable if we sleep on it. Not that I'm saying I, I want to do this, but I just, you know, just curiosity's sake. What time of day is it, DM? By now, it's probably approaching, I want to say, you know, mid-afternoon. You know, probably by now there'll be another, you know, you reckon two and a half, three and a half hours before nightfall? Not tonight. This thing isn't going to be hard to follow. You see that you've seen the tracks it leaves. It'll mean we'll need to be up bright and early tomorrow. But if y'all are down, then I'd like to do this. We've got the opportunity to do something that's good. I think. I think that's worth it.
I think it's worth it to the extent that it helps us defeat the vampire. And, well, given the prophecy, I'm in. He gives her an appraising look and thank you. Thank you for being brave. I trust your judgment, so I'm I'm in. Wilson, Metreon. Metreon is pacing away from the party, sort of head down, uh, newfound long blonde hair sort of falling against his side, the side of his face. And it uh, looks like he's trying to, like wrestling with the, with the, uh, the thought of this. Lillison glances over towards him. <laughs> I, don't, I feel like I don't really have a choice, do I? You do. I promise. It's like back in that house. We're not making anybody do anything. I don't know I'm a bad person, right? No. I think you're a damn sight more sensible than I am. I was gonna say, you feel like the most sane person out of all of us, then. But, I suppose that's... If you think that, then well, that says more about you than it does about us, don't it? I... If, if that makes you a bad person, then... It makes me one too, because the only reason that I want to go in on this is because it's in a list of prophecies. I mean, okay, not this specifically, but just getting Davian to help out. I'm not doing it because it's the right thing. Mitreon sucks his teeth for a bit, and then uh, lifts his head up. Uh, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll follow. Then I'll lead. <laughs> Might as well give those ranger skills a bit of actual use, huh? Yeah, and if this thing is as big as we think it is, I'd rather hit you first. <laughs> Ideally, it'll hit none of us. You don't fight stuff this big by charging at it. You spring a trap. And that, I think we are very good at. So... Will you? No, I was just going to ask what we're doing. Are we going to stay in, in Velaki tonight or are we heading back to the tower? Tower's a better jumping off point. Velaki's safer. Up to y'all. Hmm. I, I vote the tower. I mean, I feel like it's safer in the end. 
I also vote the tower. I think it makes sense to give the Martikov some space with the family. I, I know their relationship hasn't been great, as Stefania said, so maybe we just let them catch up for the night without us intervening. Yeah, I can do the tower too. Arthur casts an inquisitive glance at Lillison, and it's half what are you going to say, and half a kind of sort of gentle understanding. I don't know yet whether I think this plan is foolish or brilliant until we have more information. And the only way to get more information is to go and look, isn't it? It appears so. Before we leave, we should really ask one of them what that thing looked like, what it was. Yeah, yeah, Let, let's get as much capabilities as possible before we're staring it in the nostrils. I guess, okay, I am not as charismatic as Amity in real life, so me in real life, I don't know how to approach this conversation. <laughs> um. By this point, you notice that the Mardikovs making their way a bit ahead of you alongside the wagon have made their way to the gates, and you see that... Um, Dag and Adrian now to be appear to be speaking with the guards at the gates. Metran starts to rush up there, uh, breaks away from the party. Um, and as he gets to them, hi, uh, uh, and noticing that there's a guard there, uh, raises his voice. Uh, can I bother you for a minute? The guard uh, turns toward you, uh, frowning. Yes, uh, what is it? No, no, uh, and uh, I place a hand on Adrian's shoulder. Oh, and Adrian starts and turns back. Uh, yes, uh, we were just uh, trying to pass through. Um, were you still planning on coming with us to the inn? Um, no, not tonight. Uh, and uh, Matran starts to back away a little bit, pulling him away from the gate, uh, just out of earshot of the guard. What did that thing look like? The thing that attacked yes. the winery. He shudders and closes his eyes, licking his lips faintly. It was horrible. It it looked like a tree that had rotted and died decades past. It was gnarled and black and it was enormous, more than three stories tall. It's flesh was it was flesh but it was wood at the same time branches covered in thorns roots that trailed behind it and lashed out like tendrils someone struck it I don't remember who but it bled real blood it was red it smelled like iron it was he shakes again horrible it smashed everything in its path it crushed everything that tried to attack it it devoured Anything that came after it. It had this gaping, tooth-filled jaw that just vanished into darkness. It was... It was a... It was a monstrosity. It, it, it should never have been. Whatever blight created that thing, it's... I've no wish to see it again, I don't think. Uh, throughout the entire description, uh, Metreon, uh, in his disguise... The even Adrian can see the expression start to crumble a bit with every 
uh, descriptive, uh, feeling the pit of his stomach start to sink. He's, his posture starts to hunch over a bit. And uh, when Adrian's done, kind of swallows back a bit. Well, uh, thank you. Uh, we hope you have a good evening. <laughs> uh, stay safe. And Metreon very nervously uh, backs away and starts to pace back over to the party. And you're not uh, you're not coming with us. No, no, no. Uh, we uh, um, we've got something to take care of. He looks slightly taken aback, uh, a bit wary. Uh, then he just it's good things. It's, it's good things. Don't worry. <laughs> like, right. Uh, well, stay safe, please. Yeah, we'll we'll try. <laughs> Excuse us. Excuse me. And uh, Metreon, uh, bug-eyed and uh, a nervous wreck, rushes back up to the party. Uh, well, it's um, it's a big tree. <laughs> Very uh, scary big tree with a big mouth and big teeth that bleeds. Uh, it does bleed because one of them hit it. Um, are we really going to do this? It has it's definitely teeth. <laughs> Yeah, his teeth. He's got a big old mouth. Good you, you lord, said I thought they couldn't... I thought they couldn't make the blight theme more literal. It literally eats. Or, sorry, I was interrupting, Andy. No, it, like, it's 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 a plant, for sure. It's, that's what he said. He says it's a big old tree with big lashing roots and branches and uh, its head skin, but his skin was like bark. Um... But it, like you said, he said, he bled. You know, when 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 someone hit it, it shed blood. If it's a plant, then I have maybe a request from a ghost or two. What? What? Well. <clears throat> I guess I don't know if everyone's in on this, but um, a f few days ago, I contacted some spirits here, and one of them, this Vistana Damia, uh, sort of gave me the ability to do a, a little bit of fortune telling. I mean, as uh, like as 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 magic, not not in dreams, like controllable. And if there's a plant that we're going after, then maybe I can ask one of them if they have, well, <laughs> a sort of really big magic weed killer. Erythrodir's just staring at Amity with stars in his eyes. Lillison is staring at Amity with utter confusion in her eyes. <laughs> so you're calling on the power of the dead to get a spell that is specifically effective at wiping out ravenous three-story tall tree monsters. God, uh -huh. I thought I couldn't get, I thought I couldn't love you more. Amy <laughs> does a really wide, you know, shit-eating grin. She likes being um, flattered. Well, with that information, I'd say this, we our odds just went from decent to pretty damn good, provided we don't get smushed before Amity can fucking destroy this thing. 
Hey, it's Arena. Uh, it's Mark. You all coming with us? Uh... They exchange looks, and uh, this Mark shrugs. It looks like we're together for the moment anyway, and hey, whatever sent it this way, the uh, the druids, the forest folk, they're, they seem to be creatures and servants of the devil, if nothing else, right? So, if they sent this thing like they did the others, then perhaps it's another way to strike back at uh, the devil, or if nothing else, perhaps one of his servants will know some things that we can get, so... Perhaps this is uh, this is tactical mission as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's the sort of it. attitude we love to have as Mark. You are just, ain't you just a man, Metreon? Yeah, it's real, uh, real great enough. Right. So okay. I, I take okay, it we are not. I, I he gave both of you a wink. I take it we are not Ooh. spending the night uh, in Wallachie tonight. Nah. We're going back to the tower. Hope you're ready to sleep on the floor. <laughs> God, I miss beds. But it's worth it if we can do this. I'll drink to that. Oh, well, whenever we have something that can make drinks again. Metreon pulls out his wineskin and hands it to Bismarck. <laughs> Tea. Shrugs, shrugs it away, just kind of chuckling. Mm. After we've won. Yes? Yeah, right. Mestrion puts it back into himself because he has disguise self on and is not wearing the same clothing he has, so he just shoves it back into his disguise. Looks really, really weird. Irina nods. Alright then. So, um, I guess we don't have much time for before dark. Should we uh, hit the road? Yep, let's get moving. Alright. Uh, you bid your farewells uh, with the Marta Cubs. You see the gates open, the guards looking askance at you, but uh, not making any movement to uh, greet you. Um, some parting words with the Marta Cubs, Davian, kind of standing apart from the others, just somewhat aloof. Uh, but you think, it might be a trick of the light, but you think you catch him give you a begrudging nod as you turn away and begin making your way back down the old Svalich road. And so, Do you smell that? It smells like a new ally that we just got. <laughs> Maybe. It smells like plot development. I love plot development. All things in due time. And so... Setting off away from Vallaki and leaving its palisade walls behind in the darkening gray sky. For the second time that day, you travel along the western reaches of the old Spalich Road. Passing through the Lunar River crossroads and another hour or so passing before you come to the trail that meets up with the northern passage. With the sky darkening to dusk and night beginning to fall over Barovia from the east to the west, before long you come into view of the old tower on the lake, standing at a lonely position, just over Lake Baratok. 
Esmeralda continues pulling the wagon forward until it rattles across the causeway and pulls up alongside it. Alright then, I suppose we should get our lodgings in order. Um, uh, it was real stuffy in there for me last time. If I'm going to be keeping watch half the night, I'm going to build a fire outside and stay there, I think. Y'all are, many y'all are welcome to join me. And there's a flick of his eye towards, blech. There's a flick of his eye towards Lillison, but it is very small. Lillison may or may not have caught it, but she says, I think I would also prefer to be outside. Well, why don't I keep watch on the tower people, and Erthrandir, you can keep watch on anyone who wants to stay outside. Works for me. Okay. Um, this Mark chuckles. Right, well, I think if nothing else, I enjoyed staying in ta- inside, so I suppose I shall take up on that. Irina, are you with me? Then she nods. Yes, um, if nothing else, it might be nice to, um, be inside a bit. Uh, n- not to leave you out in the cold, Deathrendir. No, no, it's it's what I asked for. We'll leave them outside and we'll go have a nice slumber party. Esmeralda chuckles. Alright then, well, I've done enough sleeping in my wagon. I don't suppose there should be an issue. I can stay outside, and um, as for the rest of you, she shrugs. I suppose we can have everything set up to good to go. Alright, so, uh, question is, so... Uh, Erthrandir, and Deer, and Kiva are outside with Esmeralda. Uh, no, presume... Kiva's inside. Oh, yeah, Kiva's Kiva inside. Yeah, Kiva was gonna do the inside, the inside group. Gotcha, right. Um, is Metreon inside or outside? Um, he's gonna be both. Uh, he'll be inside sitting on the, like, he'll open the door and just sort of sit out looking out into the field. Okay. Um, sounds good. So, as night begins to fall over the tower, dusk falling quickly, and each of you beginning to prepare yourselves for the night's rest, is there anything you would like to do before turning in for your rest? Kiva would just like to try and see if the sword works inside. All right, you step inside, and as soon as you do, the bond that you felt with the sword just goes null. You sense no emotions from it, and as you attempt to exert your will upon it, no blade appears. Alright, so she's disappointed, but um, she keeps it still sort of tucked close into her leather armor, and uh, and then just... I think she'll probably stay downstairs with Metreon and let um, Ismark and Irina have the, the sort of top floor to get comfortable. Okay. Uh, anything else from anyone else, or are you just looking to kind of unwind for the evening and set yourselves up? Yeah, is gonna light a fire, set out his fishing nets again, and then sit by it with one of the little books that Lillison gave him, scribbling vigorously. Lillison will pretend not to be interested in what he's scribbling in his books. But uh, she is setting up a place for herself um, outside the tower how far outside of the tower does the uh, anti-magic field extend? Uh, from your experimentation, I believe it's around five feet. Okay, I would definitely so. check that, but I think it's five feet. 
So not enough for her to like full on set up a place at. I mean, you could set up like your sleeping bag, like just there, like next to the scaffolding or something. Um, but you know, as long as you don't, you know, fidget too much or roll off of your bedroll, you should be able to stay within the anti-magic field. Yeah, I think she'll try. Um, and after, you know, a while, uh, she will glance over to Erythrindir and say, Will we have to get somebody else to finish the watch? Erythrindir starts and slams the book shut. Oh, uh, I, yeah. Uh, well, I'll be trancing for the latter half, which means I'll still be awake, so... I think we should be alright, but yeah, we might need to. We'll, we'll grab Esmeralda for two hours of it, it'll be fine. And you you can do two, right? I certainly can. If right. only because wondering what exactly had you that jumpy will keep me up half the night. I, I'm not jumpy, I don't know what you're talking about. Of course. I, I'm serious, I'm just... You know, we're, we're in a hell land filled with bats and vampires. Pays to be a little paranoid. She just shrugs and uh, grins. <sighs> it's not anything bad. It's just not something I want to... I'm still figuring out how I feel about it. Very well. Thanks. And uh, I hope this is better for you. Being out here, I mean. That is something I also need to take time to figure out, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I suppose you would. Well... I wish you all the time in the world, and, uh, and a good night's sleep. That I seems mean, to be all any of us can hope for right now. Good night. Good night. Okay. So, who's taking first watch? Marathon Deer will. Amity volunteers as the non-elfer. What's that from Amity? Uh, volunteers as the non-elfer. If we're having the like yesterday, two people do it oh, at the same. Okay, time. so uh, yeah, so do you? So are we going to go Erythrin Deer, Lilith, and Amity then? Uh, wait, last night we did two people taking watch at a time. So the yeah, so elves... right now there's. Folks in oh, the tower okay. taking watches as well. It's up yeah, to you guys. Am, but yeah, I think Amity's I think Kiva's Ismark and Metreon and Irene are in there as well. I, Understood. I, I think we this whole affair is something we never properly sketched out. <laughs> and the fact that Dragna wants to make certain of it now is making me nervous. Yes. But yes, Aerithan Deer is right? taking first watch with whoever inside is up at the moment. Okay. Uh Metreon is well, since Metreon was already hanging out in the, the doorway, he'll stay there for the first watch and then eventually pass out. Okay. Uh, in that case, Metreon and Erythrindir, if you could both give me perception checks, please. My favorite. 22! 
13. Okay. Metreon, you find your eyes beginning to grow a bit drowsy after the first hour or so. But you keep a lookout, listening to the soft wash of the waves against the shore, the gravel of the causeway shifting faintly up and down with the oncoming night. Erythrondir, you keep your eyes peeled on the area around you. At one point, you do think you see... Will you get a 22? 22. At one point during your watch, Erythrondir, you think you see a low shape... Uh, similar to the one that you saw earlier that day, lupine, lupine uh, amber eyes glinting from the underbrush, just skulking amidst the tree line on the opposite side of the causeway. But it doesn't seem to approach any closer. Erythrindir will sigh, and once he's certain he's not going to miss his shot and set the entire underbrush on fire, he lets a firebolt grow and blast towards where the thing is hiding. Okay, um, so you're trying to kill it from this distance. It's uh, uh, a bit how far, far away is it? Uh, probably farther than your firebolt's range. I'd say it's probably 200, 300 feet. Hmm. D will take a look over at Metreon and nudge him a little. Hey, uh, we got company. Mm. What? Oh, fucking uh, hell! Where? Wolf in the underbrush. Not sure if we should bother. Um, yeah, as Metreon stands up uh, and starts to approach, she looks out. Uh, you said it was 200 feet? Yeah, like 200, 250 feet. Okay. Um, Metreon, uh, and Randy's seen it a couple times, but uh, he has this strange, determined anger, and... Uh, he continues to walk past uh, Esmeralda and Amity towards the shape and his fists are clenched but uh, they're radiating with something uh, something that I'm not sure what it looks like because I've never done this before uh, but when he gets within 120 feet he extends his hand and he's going to go ahead and Eldritch Blast yeah. okay roll the hit it does have a uh... Partial cover. Uh, so okay. this is plus two to its AC. Actually, given the way that it's concealed behind the trees, I'd say this is probably three quarters of plus five. Yeah, it that, does that, not that matter, Dragnick Um Alright, you watch as you draw into yourself, uh, summoning up this cold energy that you've felt before, but bubbling beneath the surface of each of the magics you've cast. At this time, instead of shaping it through word or gesture, you instead allow it to well in place, gathering it into a single conglomerated form free of further scaffolding or intricacy and instead just letting it be this mass of darkness and cold. And as you pull it up into yourself and unleash it, you release it from the palm of your hand and as you watch an orb of blackness crackling with white bolts of lightning as pale as bones of the grave shrieking silently through the air almost as it cuts through the air like a knife played first smashing directly toward it and before the wolf can even react carving through its side uh, roll some damage for me <laughs> <laughs> 
I get another bolt though. <laughs> oh, uh, do I roll twice? Uh, so at my level, I get uh, two beams. Uh, so do I roll individually for both beams or just the is one? Is it your warlock level or your character level? Uh, it is my warlock level. level. No, 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 it's character level. Cantrip scaling is for everybody. Oh, okay. Well, mm, then I would, yeah, I would still get two beams. It though. is. I'm going to have to take another look at my cantrips then. <laughs> All right. Then, also, that doesn't uh, make sense. So hold on. It's just because I, I don't think my uh, my invocation went through with that. So it's one plus um, one plus four. So five total. All right. Five total. And um, yeah, it says, you know, two beams at fifth level. Uh, I'll take twice word for it. So you get another roll. Uh, Ten on the second one. All right. So a total of 15, is it? Well, you have to roll twice. Yeah, no, the attack, the second attack was 10. Oh, gotcha. Then that one misses. But the first one is five damage, you said? Yes. All right. This crackling bolt, bolt of shadow-like energy smashes into the side of the wolf. It whimpers and yelps in pain and then immediately bounds away into the darkness. And yeah, uh, Metron just stands there, just fist uh, now back down at his side, very tense, almost shaking. Uh, and he just kind of stands there looking into the darkness where that wolf was. There's a small sound behind him. And if he looks back, he'd see Erythrandir very quietly applauding, sort of a golf clap, but, you know, quiet, but evidently in earnest. God damn. Metron doesn't say anything. Um, he just turns around, uh, but you can see that his expression is still very tense, very cross, as he goes back towards the threshold of the, the tower. Thank you. And if you don't mind me saying, well done. Control's hard. That was well directed. Yeah, well, I'm not even quite sure what it was, but... Whatever it was, I hope it blew its fucking head off. Well, if it didn't, I'll, you know, stride over there and give it a bit of fire to finish the job he started. But I think you're safe to sleep. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of him and his fucking spies and his fucking eyes. I know, right? Like, it, it's always just at the edge. Like, he's watching him or someone who serves him or maybe one of my friends because they might be serving him on accident it's it's just exhausting can't wait to gouge his fucking eyes out and uh, Metreon steps back into the tower Metreon kind of watches him go a little disturbed but we'll settle back down by the fire Okay. And with that, you return to your positions and look out over the lake and the tree line, and the rest of your watches uh, pass uneventfully. Um, well, at least Metreon's. Aethrodir uh, has another two hours ahead of him, but um, who's taking Metreon's place? Uh, will it be Kiva or uh, uh, one of the Kolianas? Uh, Kiva can take it. Okay. So you'll go for the next four hours, and then uh, Ismark Arena yeah. will take the last shift? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, very good. In that case, if you could make a perception check for me. Oh, God. 
Uh, dirty 20. Okay. Uh, looking around, you keep a sharp eye out. Uh, question for you, by the way. Are you on the top level looking through the windows? Are you in Metran's place with, like, the door half open? Uh, are you with Irina's marking at the bottom? She probably would, uh, split her time, if that's possible. So, like, two hours be up top with, uh, Ismark and Irina sort of looking out the windows, and then the last two hours she would come downstairs and, uh, and be where Metreon was. Gotcha. Okay, so the first two hours upstairs, second two hours downstairs. Got it. Yeah, that's okay. Sure, yeah, you do kind of awaken, uh, some of your compatriots through the loud grinding of the chains, but... You make the trip of the elevator within five minutes, and then everyone kind of goes back to sleep. Amazing. Okay. Well, with the 20, you you look outside, uh, doing your best to survey from the top of the tower to see if anything untoward is occurring. But there's just quiet mist spilling across the surface of the lake. Um, in the distance, you think you hear the call of a raven, followed by the hoot of an owl a few minutes later. Nothing of a special notice. Your watch passes uneventfully. Um, Erthrandir, you're heading to bed? Yep. To trance, I suppose. Uh, yep. Is Amity next? I know both Amity and Lillison were going to take watches. Um, Lillison can take the outside watch next. Okay. Oh. What's that? I, I have uh, incidentally rolled perception by accident on Foundry. So if you want to take that, you can. Well, I guess if you weren't intending uh, on going. I, I know you cut out for a second. We'll just say that Lillison's taking the watch and then Amity can go after and use that role. Well, that's not much better. So that's a 10 perception. Okay. So Lillison, while Kiva kind of takes up her position uh, uh, right in the door of the tower, you kind of uh, stick to your spot right in that your little... Uh, uh, corner just pressed against the anti-magic field, I imagine. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. As you do, um, a few minutes pass, a uh, quarter hour, then a half an hour. Lillison, you feel your eyes growing a bit droopy. Kiva, as you kind of keep a slow, steady gaze on the area around you. Um... It's not long, uh, Akiva, perhaps another 30, 40 minutes uh, before you hear a uh, soft uh, rustling of wings uh, just in the um, uh, door sill where you're sitting. And you kind of look up and you see a small leathery winged form just kind of clinging there, a small bat just looking down at you. On the door frame of the tower. Yep. It seems you're just kind of fluttered there and it is now just kind of peering toward you with big black eyes. Can you see through that? If he's sitting on this ledge here, because I don't think it works, does it? She's just sort of like talking to the bat very like coldly. The bat just kind of tilts its head and looks at you. Um... Kind of shuffles a bit to the side and then just tilts its head again and just chirps very softly. Well, I suppose there's nothing I can do to make you go away, so you can keep watch with me then. 
it ruffles its little wings and just kind of settles back in, watching you inquisitively. As it does, just uh, a few yards away outside the tower, while Kiva spends time with her little bat friend, Lillison, as you sit on your own bedroll, uh, keeping a quiet watch over the surface of the lake and occasionally sparing a glance for the causeway and the wagon where Esmeralda rests, you're momentarily distracted as you hear the sound of soft beating wings approaching from the opposite side of the lake. And as you turn, you see coming into view, just very faintly illuminated by the flickering embers of the fire, back toward the wagon where Erthrandir and Amity are fast asleep. In soft shades of grays and blacks, you see a small bat, its little leathery wings flapping in the air, its big black eyes reflecting the light very faintly as it flutters toward you, and in its mouth, between its fangs, gripped a small piece of paper, rolled up a bit of parchment, but as it approaches, you can see lettering glinting in the light. You watch as it lands on the ground uh, a few feet away from you and just delicately plants the rolled up bit of parchment on the ground. Lulison watches this with growing concern. And, you know, her fist clenches and unclenches around her focus. She's not entirely sure whether to blast this bat or not, but in the end she settles for giving it kind of an awkward little bow, and she picks up the paper. The bat flutters its wings softly and just waddles a few inches away, uh, giving you a bit of space as you look over it. You see on the exterior of the parchment, uh, it appears to have been tied with an elegant red ribbon, and it's written in a very fine cursive script, the words, For Lillison. Lillison glances back up, seeing if the bat is still around. It's just quietly remaining there, just looking up at you. She's going to glance over to where Erthrandir is. is there, does Erthrandir appear asleep? He seems to be pretty deep into a trance, uh, is that right? Yep, that's accurate. Okay, Lillison is going to open the letter. Okay. Oh my god, uh, is Kiva not seeing this? I'm going to lose my mind! Kiva does not see this as Lillison is pressed against the wall of the anti-magic field. Uh, Lillison, if you would open the items t uh, tab on your foundry sidebar, um, you should now see, under handouts, uh, I see. letter to Lillison. Do you see it? Uh-huh. If you would like to read it aloud. Lillison starts reading this aloud very, very quietly. My friend, it is no small talent to retain a predilection for etiquette in the face of unpleasantness and adversity. I regret the antagonism of our conversations, yet the grind of the millstone is essential in separating the wheat from the chaff. Travelers to my lands often lack the tools of politics, strategy, or negotiation, preferring instead the common vices of savagery and blind faith. Your companions echo such memories. I applaud their bravado, but one can hardly doubt that they will take their place among their predecessors in due time. Across the centuries, I have seen time and time again such foolhardy creatures embrace death, 
and in doing so, call death to embrace them. You, however, reject death as only one who has known it intimately can. I admire such defiance and will. If you seek to master the prospect of your own mortality, and perhaps forestall it indefinitely, I cordially invite you to join me for a discussion of the opportunities that lay before you, and the means by which you may pursue them. Should you find my offer worthwhile, travel to the coffin maker's shop in Volaki. At the moment of sundown, knock six times and speak the words, I come in Dostrin's memory. Regrettably, I fear that your companions possess neither your intellect nor your admirable proficiency with the arcane and diplomatic arts. As such, I hope that our meeting can be kept to our mutual discretion. Your host, Strahd von Sarovich. And as you look up from finishing the letter, your lips stopping their movement, you hear the sound of wings once more as the bat takes to the air and begins flying across the mist-covered water, soon vanishing as it is swallowed up by the fog. And that is where we will end it for tonight. Oh uh, my god! Look now, see. First of all, super offended. Second of all, if you don't go, <laughs> losing my mind. Do it. Please do it. Oh my god, do Listen, it. If you don't want to go, uh, Jack, the player, will have Metreon just turn into you and go... Seriously. <laughs> Who wrote that letter? Dragon, did you write that? Uh, I may have. So with words. Oh, oh I was, you. like, shaking. Sh- my hand is shaking. And Wilson is absolutely going, just... But as soon as, you know, oh my God. they get back to Velucky in a non-suspicious uh, manner... Like Do she's we not gonna all get letters now. at some point? Oh my god. I want him to like mm. manipulate all of us. <laughs> <laughs> See, when I asked Dragna for more TPKs earlier, I did not expect emotional TPKs. No, Lillison would be no, the one the to do it. That's what, that's, what she, that's what you were asking for, that Lillison be the one to TPK us when she becomes the next Dark Lord of Barovia. Hmm. Please backstab us all. Please just kill us all with a fireball. Oh my god, please, god, please. Strahd doesn't even have to work for it. You're just thirsty for betrayals. Yeah. Look, we're cursed of Strahd DMs. So this delicious. is our shit. This is our, this is our meat. This is we like, feed oh, upon despair. <laughs> like, you know, we're, we're rooting for our characters, but we're also rooting for Strahd. And that's some sexy Our characters are rooting for our yeah, characters. I'm, I, as a player, I'm rooting for destruction. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, I'm glad that everyone seems to have uh, cheered considerably since uh, Twy's uh, very bleak words during the announcements. Otherwise, we will be back to our normal schedule with you fine folks of the future, then the present, uh, starting next week. So, as always, thank you to everyone for joining us today. We will see you all back in the mists next week. Until then, heed the echoes of ancient scars and take care.